Hey, Shalene, just a quick message. I just want to let you know, I just finished Ignite and I'm headed into Nourish this week. I feel amazing. Like my energy level, I lost 11 pounds in the first month. My clothes feel good. I can see muscle again. Just love this way of intuitive eating. I've finally figured out stuff that just doesn't agree with me and I feel so much better not having it. So thank you so much for all you do and for everything that you share with us. Love ya. Aw, thank you so much. Thank you for leaving me those kinds of messages, you guys. And I just want to say, if you enjoy the type of content that you hear on The Shaleen Show, specifically that which is devoted to living a healthier life, and you would love to know more, like if you enjoy this podcast, The Shaleen Show, you are going to be blown away when you become a 131 Method online member. So I encourage you to go check it out. Go to 131method.com to learn more about this program because you deserve to look and feel amazing. Weight loss, weight management, and feeling your best shouldn't be so difficult. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me here today on The Shaleen Show. This is a follow-up episode to the previous episode I did, episode number 428, wherein I shared the most common signs that you are likely experiencing some type of hormone imbalance. If you haven't listened to that episode, I really think you should. It's super enlightening. However, you know there's something going on, or at least your suspicions are really high. This is an important episode for you to listen to because I'm going to share with you what it is you need to know in order to take control and be your own health advocate when it comes to your hormone health. And this is an episode that's important no matter whether you are male, female, young, or old, from the moment you are born, it is your hormones which determine how you look, feel, and function. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. The most common question I've been asked since releasing that episode is, do I need to go and get my hormones tested? And my answer is, it depends. If you're experiencing a lot of symptoms and you feel like something's going on, something's not right, and you want answers, then by all means, definitely consider having your hormones tested and finding someone really good to work with. Because there's testing your hormones and then there's knowing what to do with that information. I would, however, suggest, as I have with gut testing, do you really need a diagnosis in order to motivate you to live your life in such a way that it improves your gut health or to live your life in such a way that it helps you to improve your overall hormone balance. For most of us, if we simply begin living our lives as if we do have a hormone imbalance or living our lives as if we do have leaky gut, there's no negative side effects. You're only going to improve your overall health. However, as was the case for me, if I hadn't gone to have my hormones tested again, which I do frequently, but if I hadn't moved up that regular check-in to have my hormone levels tested, I don't think that I would have been able to make the dramatic changes that I need to make. I live my life in such a way, my lifestyle, my diet, my nutrition, etc., have all been designed around trying to improve my gut health and, of course, hormone balance. But only after this recent bout of testing that I did, did I discover that what I was doing with my diet and my sleep and a few areas of lifestyle, they weren't enough to counterbalance what was going on with my stress. 
I know me personally, I don't like to take supplements. I like to get everything that I need from food. And because I was feeling pretty good prior to this recent drop in my energy, I knew my diet was on point. But to be honest, I'd stopped taking supplements. I'd stopped doing certain practices that I knew were helping me on a cellular level. I frankly, I don't want to say I got lazy, but I got lax. That's for sure. I wasn't as motivated to do all the extra things because let's face it, there's a lot of extra things you have to do in order to keep your body healthy, especially when you're working against all of our exposures to toxins and environmental toxins and toxins that are in our food, when we're exposed to stress just by the mere fact that we're holding onto a phone, like all of these things, you've got to work against them. If you're not working against them, they're winning. And I'm just the kind of person, personally, I tend to dismiss side effects and symptoms. I tend to never admit if I'm stressed. I don't like to admit if I'm tired. I just don't. I'm going to be honest. I feel like it's a, a sign of weakness. I know it's not, but that's just how my brain works. So for me, it's testing is really important for me because it motivates me to be more responsible with things other than just diet. I mean, because your diet can be on point, your exercise can be on point, your sleep can be on point. But if there are other factors such as genetic factors, you're exposed to a virus you weren't aware of, that can have a negative impact on your hormones, not just a virus, but even a bacterial infection, all of these things. So to answer the question, do you need to get tested? I think it depends. It depends on what type of person you are, number one. And number two, remember, a lot of this stuff isn't covered by insurance. Environmental toxins, things that are endocrine disruptors, these are chemicals that interfere with our hormones. And these disruptions can cause all kinds of problems, not just hormone imbalances, but they can cause birth defects, developmental disorders, tumors, autoimmune disease, cancer. And that's not including all of the just really common physical side effects and mental side effects, which we covered in my previous episode, which by the way, if you're wondering if you need to take kind of a, a quiz to figure out if in fact you're experiencing a lot of hormonally related symptoms, go back and listen to the previous episode on hormones. In fact, I will create a link to it below this episode. You can just see it in the show notes. You can just click on it and go right back and listen to that. But most of these things can be improved and prevented with knowledge and then following up with implementation, doing something with what you know. There's a lot to understand about hormones. And the more I want to understand what it truly means to be healthy, the more I realize I have to really, truly understand hormones. Men, women, children, adolescents, our health Every function of our body is controlled by our hormones. And so the more I learn about gut health, the more I learn about what it means to define health, the more I realize health simply isn't as simple as we wish it were. Your hormone system, your endocrine system is rather complicated, but you know what? I'm smart enough. And more importantly, I'm passionate enough about your health and you living a happier, fuller life. I'm passionate enough to have that fuel, the necessity for me to learn more. Health isn't just about our nutrition or our exercise. Health is how we're living, how we're supplementing, how we're eating, how we're moving, how we live, how we love, how we manage our stress, where we live. It's all of these things combined. 
the one through one method, my online program. It's one of the reasons why that isn't just devoted to diet or exercise. We talk about stress management and hormones and your environment and relationships and mindset and trauma and all of these things. Wisdom transforms you. Wisdom gives you courage and confidence. And if I hadn't been doing all of this research, I don't know that I would have even detected the fact that there was something going on with me. And I'm going to share with you a little bit more detail. It's nothing to be worried about. But if I didn't know what I know, if I didn't have the resources of the one through one method, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but our website is loaded with free content. And then for those people who are members, I can't even tell you how in-depth the information, the knowledge on any single possible health-related topic you can think of is covered by either our registered dietitians or the integrative medical doctors that we work with. So in the past, what I would have done is I just would have, you know, entered my symptoms into Google, which, you know, that's what we do. We enter our symptoms into Google, and then the next thing you know, you're worried that you have bladder cancer or a brain tumor or Hashimoto's. You read all of these signs and symptoms, and it's pretty easy to get yourself all worked up and to believe that you have perhaps a condition that you don't have. And it's great knowledge, but it's also best to know your body and to understand how it works so that you don't get caught up in the hysteria. And it's not just the hysteria. The other reason why it's critical you truly begin to understand your hormones and how one affects another and also how your life and lifestyle and diet, nutrition, all of the factors we've already talked about. It's important that you understand how all of those things impact your health because frankly, our medical community, they don't have that full person picture. Most of them do not. Some do. Most of them do not. That means when you do go to see your doctor, and even if you do have some of the tests I'm about to recommend to you, even if you do have these tests performed, The average medical doctor, the average general practitioner is going to treat the labs, the deficiencies, as opposed to getting to the root problem, as opposed to understanding kind of like a detective would, okay, how did this happen? Why did this happen? How can I prevent this in the future? And frankly, how can I do this naturally? The American healthcare system is a business. It's a machine. Doctors are penalized for not prescribing enough medications. They are not rewarded or incentivized for helping to educate and or creating a natural plan to restore your health. So it's no fault of theirs. I mean, we're all responsible in some way, but ultimately the one person who is in charge of your health, the one person who is going to care more than anyone is you. Oftentimes doctors are just treating the labs, they're treating the numbers, they're treating what it is they see. They don't have the whole picture. That's why it's so important to have that type of education. And that's what, you know, that's my mission behind the one through one method. It's a really simplified way of teaching people. There's a lot to learn. And piece by piece, step by step, in a very systematic way, you'll learn how to take control and be the director of your health. But y'all, it's not something you like set it and forget it. You You have to constantly be aware, in tune, and then know how to do some testing and then what to do with the information. So the rest of this episode is devoted to helping you understand what type of testing you might need to consider. Okay, first, let's talk about the fact that you can order your own hormone testing kits 
And you can do this as the consumer without having a doctor prescribe it or a doctor recommend it or even a doctor order it. You can do that via urine testing, dry urine testing, as well as saliva. The alternative is to have blood work done, to have a doctor prescribe or order labs for you where they're going to draw blood. The blood is then sent out to a lab and those results are reviewed, analyzed, and then sent back to your doctor. I really think it goes without saying that blood tests are the gold standard when it comes to looking at most of your hormone levels. Now, here's the deal. If you start doing any reviews online, you're going to find a huge number of doctors, people who are calling themselves doctors, people who are doctors, who are recommending that it is more reliable to use a dry urine test, such as a Dutch test or a saliva kit, et cetera, to test your hormones. But I have to caution you and tell you that oftentimes the people who are most vehemently against blood work for labs and pro home kits, they're making an affiliate fee from it. And so, you know, I, I think that has to be factored in, right? Like, I'd love to tell you that doing a dry urine test at home is more reliable than doing a blood test, but I can't in good conscience tell you that. I think that doing the dry urine test has limitations because of the way the body works and because of the time that it takes for hormones to leave the body and the time frame in which the urine is then collected and all the ways that it's very easy to contaminate those samples. Hormone levels can be tested through either blood, urine, or saliva testing. Okay, the best way for you to test your hormones frankly, depends on which hormones it is you want to get tested. Unfortunately, there's no one perfect way that allows you to test all of your hormones. So it really depends on the symptoms of hormone imbalance that you're experiencing. But I'm going to discuss the three main methods of testing your hormones that, again, include blood, saliva, or urine testing. And they all have advantages and disadvantages. Now, when people think of their hormones, they're often thinking about just sex hormones, right? Or maybe thyroid hormone, because it's important to realize that there are a lot of different hormones in your body, including your adrenal hormones, cortisol, cortisone, DHEA, plus other hormones like, you know, your insulin, human growth, leptin and ghrelin, which of course, you know, are the hormones that relate to our hunger and our appetite. The main hormones, though, that I think most people think about when they feel an imbalance. Those hormones relate to our sex hormones and hormones of our thyroid. So if you're interested in testing, I suspect that's one of the reasons why, because you're going to feel that. You're going to feel, you feel off when your sex hormones or your thyroid function is off. Now, the standard way to test your thyroid is in fact done by a doctor where they're going to run what is called a T. SH or thyroid stimulating hormone test. And if that is within, quote, the normal range, which by the way, there's some debate on what's normal and what's not. So if you have your TSH function tested, right? So they do a TSH test and they see that your levels are, quote, within normal range, they might just send you on your way. That's why you've got to look for a doctor who does more than just looking at your TSH levels. It's important, but if you have other symptoms, other symptoms of a, a malfunctioning thyroid, it's really important that you get what's called 
a comprehensive thyroid test, or some people might call it, some doctors might call it a comprehensive thyroid panel. And your doctor might tell you, oh, no, actually, you don't need that. Then you're going to say, actually, I do. I really would like to have a comprehensive panel done. Remember, you've got to be an advocate for these things. Doctors get dinged for ordering tests that are outside the standard of practice. It's their job, like their job is on the line to stay within insurance guidelines. Your life is on the line, though. I mean, at least, you know, how optimal you are able to live your life is dependent upon you being an advocate for your health. So if your doctor's not willing to run a comprehensive panel when you're asking for that, well, then find a new doctor. A comprehensive test will include, of course, the TSH. That's important because we want to see what message is being sent to the brain by the thyroid. But they also need to test for free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies, especially if you suspect that you might have Hashimoto's. The only way to know if, in fact, if you have Hashimoto's is to test for the thyroid antibodies. When it comes to testing for your sex hormones, again, same thing. You can do a saliva test, urine, or blood. Personally, I believe based on the research that I've done, I'm most comfortable with the accuracy of a blood test. But I've also used urine and saliva testing. But I just want to share with you some of the advantages and disadvantages of one versus another. But when you go to your doctor, what you're commonly going to be tested for is just estradiol, progesterone, and testosterone. Just getting these three markers, however, is only a very small piece of the puzzle. It's not going to give you a full picture of what's going on with your hormones. And that's why blood testing can be really valuable because you can get more extensive testing done. For example, blood testing, you can see luteinizing hormones or LH hormones, follicle stimulating hormones, FSH, and these hormones message the pituitary. They send the message to the pituitary and then to the ovaries. And these kinds of tests are going to tell you if there's a malfunctioning of this communication process. Frankly, you want to be working with someone who understands that you want to take a whole person approach and that your number one objective is to try to heal naturally. Certainly, when we need to intervene, do a medical intervention, that makes sense. But for so many of our practitioners, unfortunately, they're just part of a healthcare system where they are rewarded for prescribing more medications. They're penalized for not prescribing enough, and they don't have time or the resources to be able to prioritize integrative functional health. And that's why, you know, you've got to be an advocate for yourself. One of the first things I started doing, you're going to learn more about my own diagnosis and what I discovered in my own testing soon. But I want to tell you that a big piece of my recovery has been knowing what it is I know and taking an honest, hard look at the things that I haven't been doing or that I could be doing a better job of. And one of those, frankly, has been over-consuming coffee, and bone broth, not that you can necessarily overconsume bone broth, but sometimes like just because I want something warm, I've been doing bone broth or a high grade coffee. But one of the registered dietitians, in fact, our program director, Ashley Sweeney, turned me on to mushroom coffee. And at first I'm like, ew, does it taste like mushrooms? It doesn't, not at all. It tastes like coffee. But the difference between a mushroom coffee and a coffee is the adaptogens. So I'm really excited to share with you my favorite brand, which is Four Sigmatic. 
Four Sigmatic makes the highest quality functional mushroom and adaptogens by incorporating them into mainstream products like coffee and tea and hot cocoa. Now, the mushrooms Four Sigmatic puts into their products are, they're like literally superfoods. I don't know if you guys have looked into the healing qualities of mushrooms, but it's kind of crazy. And because part of my healing protocol is I've got to heal my immune system, my immune system is under attack right now, I need to look for ways, additional ways that I can get energy without using caffeine, right? Because caffeine sometimes can have a detrimental effect on your adrenal glands. What I love about these adaptogens is that they improve the skin, they support your hormones, they improve gut health, and of course, it's all helping your immune system, your cellular function. Now, just like a coffee, you can add almond milk or coconut creamer or your MCT oil or a little dash of uh, Himalayan pink sea salt. That's what I love to add. Maybe some stevia if you want to sweeten it up a little bit. But for me, in the evenings, what I was doing is a lot of bone broth, which is great, but I, I just realized I need something a little bit more for my immune system. And I like hot cocoa, but I just felt like, okay, I need something more, something that's going to give me more immune support. And so that's when I started trying mushroom coffee, specifically the Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee. And I want to tell you guys about it because if you're dealing with some of these symptoms we talked about, I think you need to consider maybe reducing the amount of coffee or, or other stimulating drinks that you're consuming and, and consider Four Sigmatic. Okay. P.S. They put together a special for us. You get 15% off your order. You can get that by going to four. It's F-O-U-R, like the number, but spelled out four Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, foursigmatic.com forward slash Shaleen, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Our program director, Ashley, she's a registered dietitian. She loves this stuff. She's the one that's really turned me on to it, and I think you're going to love it. We keep it socked up in our office, and I'd love to hear what you think about it. And if you can't remember that link, don't worry. We've placed it for you below in our show notes. Okay, back to hormonal testing. Again, you just want to make sure when you're talking to your doctor about ordering you a blood panel that they're doing a, some call it an extensive hormone blood panel, some call it a complete hormone blood panel. But I would just recommend that you write these things down and just say, I just want to make sure the following are tested. They're going to be like, oh, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. You want to make sure that they're testing estrogen, including estradiol, esterone, and esterol, not just estrogen. Also, you want them to test progesterone levels. Testosterone, this is important for both men and women. FSH, which we've discussed, and LH, which we've discussed. SHBG, this is your sex hormone binding globulin. And this is really what determines the levels of all your other free hormones. You also want to make sure that they test for DHEA, which is the adrenal hormone. That's what's involved in the production or the regulation of estrogen and testosterone, as well as prolactin. Prolactin is a hormone found in both men and women. It's really high when women are breastfeeding, but when it's high in men, it can cause a drop in testosterone. And when it's high in women who are not breastfeeding, it can cause them to be experiencing PCOS and infertility. What's really interesting about your hormones is they always want to balance things out. So when one is really high, it's often because another one is really low. 
A good doctor, a good practitioner is going to get to the bottom of why. Instead of just treating the value or treating the labs, they're going to get to the bottom of why is this happening. When you're testing because you've got symptoms that suggest that there's something going on with maybe your thyroid or your adrenal glands or your pituitary glands, medical conditions or symptoms, I should say, that indicate that there's some kind of hormone imbalance going on. For those things in particular, you don't just want to look at sex hormones. You also want to look at hormones like cortisol. Now, cortisol is a steroid hormone, and it's made by your adrenal glands. And when you're under stress, even if you don't realize it, your adrenal glands release cortisol and adrenaline and they prepare your body to cope with stress. Now, cortisol levels can be tested, again, through blood, but remember that you need to do it first thing in the morning, and they can also be tested through urine. Now, there's a lot of research to suggest that testing cortisol levels is actually more beneficial to do a dry urine test, like a Dutch test, which is something you don't even need to go to your doctor to order it. I'll put a link to it below our show notes. I've done Dutch testing. I think If you don't mind urinating several times a day, it's no big deal. You might be experiencing adrenal insufficiency if you're experiencing fatigue, body aches, low blood pressure, you get lightheaded, you have an unexplained weight loss, or maybe even an unexplained weight gain. You are losing hair. You feel nauseous, vomiting, your stools are more loose. These are all pretty common symptoms of some form of adrenal fatigue. But again, they might also be symptoms of fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Epstein-Barr, a vitamin D deficiency, hypothyroidism, anemia, irritable bowel syndrome. See, so many of these symptoms, they overlap because your body is going to tell you anytime you have a deficiency, anytime things are off, your body's going to tell you. You just need to listen. Your body's telling you something's going on. The tests are going to help you to understand what's going on, but it's going to take you, you knowing all of the elements of your life and also looking at a comprehensive picture of not just the labs, but of what's going on in your life, what's going on in your diet, what's going on in your world to really figure out, okay, how do we get to the root cause of this? so that we can perhaps heal naturally. And if not, so we can consider what type of hormone replacement, bioidentical hormone replacement, we need to consider and for what period of time. And another often overlooked blood test that you want to ask your doctor to run if you're looking at an imbalance of your hormones is a lipid panel. Now, oftentimes doctors are going to run a lipid panel because they are only concerned with whether you have high or quote, low cholesterol. I need to do about a five-episode series and enlighten people on the truth about cholesterol levels and statins and the misinformation and the propaganda, frankly, that has taken place when it comes to cholesterol. Like, okay, y'all, trust me on this. What most medical professionals are concerned with when they're looking at your cholesterol is so grossly uninformed, you need to educate yourself. Gosh, I hate to get all like up on a soapbox and stuff, but like it is ridiculous the amount of statins that are being prescribed in this country because it's a moneymaker. Bottom line is this, you may not realize it or not, but you need cholesterol. 
And you also need a doctor who understands how to read your lipid tests so that they understand they're not just looking at high cholesterol, low cholesterol, they're looking at the significance and importance of cholesterol and certain amounts of cholesterol because cholesterol, amongst other things, is responsible for the production of hormones, sex hormones specifically, like testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen. It's also important because cholesterol is responsible for the production of vitamin D. And if your vitamin D is off, your health is off. Cholesterol is important for your brain health, your brain function, your memory, and low levels of HDL cholesterol has been linked to memory loss. Okay, let me say that again. If your HDL cholesterol is too low, you are at considerable risk of memory loss and Alzheimer's, as well as depression, stroke, suicide, and lots of other cognitive-related declines. You probably know that HDL is considered the good cholesterol, and many people know that it actually helps to prevent heart disease. And unfortunately, LDL has been labeled as the bad cholesterol, but it's really not. But here's the deal. LDL cholesterol particles are not harmful. The large ones are not harmful. It's the small, dense LDL particles that can potentially be a problem because they're small enough to squeeze in through the linings of your, your arteries. But unfortunately, most doctors just see LDL and they tell people, okay, now we've got to put you on statins. And there's a much broader sense. It's more important that you're working with a doctor or that you ask your doctor to look at and maybe even look at the research regarding C-reactive protein particle sizes. It's the size of the LDLs that's more important. These measurable physical clues are going to help Put the pieces of the puzzle together for your doctor and help them to understand how to customize your changes, approach, whether in fact you need to be on a cholesterol reducing drug, which is, that's a whole nother show. So let's just end it by saying, work with a physician, work with a doctor who is willing to order you a complete lipid panel, but also who is up to date and current on their stance and understanding of cholesterol and cholesterol treatments. And be wary of any doctor who is quick to suggest statins. I will link to a couple of really, I think, powerful articles for you to read if, in fact, you maybe are on statins or you've got very high cholesterol and you want to understand this further beyond this episode, because really this episode is devoted to testing. But I know like you hear something like this, and if you're on statins or if your doctor has recommended statins or you're concerned with your own cholesterol level, I want you to be informed. So I will include some additional links below this episode. Okay, and lastly, I just want to say that of all the show notes that we've ever done, these are going to be some of the most important. And I hope that you will print them out or at least take a screenshot for your phone because these are the kind of things that you don't want to stumble and fumble and talk to your doctor without being informed, number one. Number two is we also want you to know that there are plenty of tests that you don't need a doctor to order them. They offer lots of services that I'll link to again in our show notes where you as a consumer can order the testing done yourself, including blood testing. Now, to be clear, this often means that you're doing a pin prick droplets of blood versus vials of blood. And, you know, it goes without saying that there are some inaccuracies, but it's a starting point, if nothing more. And they're super affordable. And a couple of these services are so great because, you know, they're popping up out of necessity. 
People realize like, all right, doctors aren't going to prescribe these. Insurance companies might not be willing to pay for them, but I am because I care about my health. And so these tests run anywhere from $150 to $500. Some of them also include the recommendation and review from one of their physicians. So that's kind of cool. You can check those out. For me personally, I want to work with a doctor. That's just me. I would prefer to work with someone that I really trust. And I will tell you that I'm working with a couple. One doctor who's incredibly reputable missed a couple of really important tests. One that I'm going to tell you about right now, Epstein-Barr syndrome. Now, I'm going to cut to the chase and spoiler alert, I assumed that what I was experiencing was Hashimoto's. My mom has Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's, a component of it can be very genetic. And I started suffering this like major, major fatigue in maybe November, December. I don't know. But by the time I admitted it to myself, it was February. You know what I mean? And from doing my own research and doing the hormone testing, I was like, oh, for sure. This is what I have. I have Hashimoto's. And then when I went and got tested, I didn't have the Hashimoto's antibodies, so I tested negative for that, but my thyroid was depleted, and we knew something else major was going on, like I was just not feeling well, and my diet was on point, my exercise, I wasn't supplementing in the way that I had been doing before, but something else major was going on, and so I went to get a third opinion, and that doctor said, I have a sneaking suspicion, Shaleen, that you are having a major flare-up of Epstein-Barr syndrome, which is Epstein-Barr virus, which is something that I have. Most of us do, like 90% of us do. It lays dormant. But you want to know if you're experiencing an incredible amount of fatigue and pain, you might want to test and see if you're having an active flare-up. Now, I wasn't experiencing chronic pain. So it wasn't something I would normally, that would have shown up, right? Like in, in terms of like me looking at symptoms and doing my reading, but this doctor was intuitive enough to suggest that I retest. And sure enough, I was like off the chart with that virus being in an active flare up. I'm going to do an episode all about Epstein-Barr syndrome, considering the fact that 90% of us carry it and it's laying dormant. It would be, I think, really important for you to understand how this might be affecting your fatigue and or pain. Also things like chronic fatigue, as well as fibromyalgia, and others, including Hashimoto's, like they're all connected. Nonetheless, while you're getting your blood drawn, I would, if you're working with a doctor who is really interested in getting to the bottom of what's going on for you, you might as well ask to see if they will test for EBV as well. Again, everything that I'm discussing with you, including a few doctors you might want to even work with online, will be in our show notes. So check those out in a follow-up episode to come on chronic fatigue and Epstein-Barr syndrome. I hope this has been incredibly useful for you. Thank you for your patience and allowing us to put together a comprehensive list for you. And let me know what you think. You know, I really appreciate you sharing this with your girlfriends and your guy friends. That really means a lot to me. Let me know that you've done that so I can say thank you, so I can be polite and thank you for your efforts to help me spread the word that we need to take control of our health. Like no one is going to care. No one's going to understand. No one's going to have the whole picture the way you do. So it's really important that we empower ourselves. Listen, I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.